Let me pray. Pray for yourself that we will hear God's word together and that his Holy Spirit will drive it into every fiber of our being. Let's pray that. Father, we are asking that by your grace, you will take your word, the implanted word, drive it into our soul. We need it. We need you, actually. And so may your word lead us to you, that we may be changed, encouraged, stirred up, that we may thrive and flourish in Jesus' name. Amen. So first, let me um, talk to the teens. How many of the teens are here? Just show by hand. Just do this. Yes. Good. Quite a number of you. Anybody who tells you that the Christian life is always going to be smooth, no trouble, no problem, because you're a Christian, is lying to you because that is not what God promises you. God has never promised anyone a trouble-free or problem-free Christian life. It doesn't exist in the Bible, right? Even the Lord Jesus Christ, whom we follow, he showed us the way that if we are in him, because we are in him, all kinds of trouble will come our way. If you're a human being, trouble is part of human life in this world. This world is great, but it's broken. If you're a Christian, you particularly have difficult times because you're a child of God. Aside the general challenges that we have as people living in this world, you also have it because you become an enemy of the enemy. Satan sees you as his enemy, and he will do everything he can to multiply your issues in order to discourage you from following Jesus. And so, difficult times will come. Difficult times in this world, difficult times in the Christian life will come. Christians, let me say it again, are not immune. They are not immune to stressful times, very stressful times indeed. Sometimes I dare say that even Christians have experienced what we call spiritual depression. You know, when you depress something, you press it down, and you feel down, down. When somebody comes to you and you ask, how are you feeling today? And if the person is really honest with you and trusts you, the person will say to you, I feel really, really depressed. Now, I know that in our church culture, particularly here, in, in, in our country, in, in, in Ghana, in Accra, sometimes you say, no, you are a Christian. Don't say that you are depressed. No, Christians shouldn't say that. Don't worry. Christians experience that, even if they don't say it. We experience spiritual depression, where sometimes you don't even want to get out of bed. You don't want to come to church. You don't want to read your Bible. You don't feel like there is no appetite for prayer. You're a Christian, you're a child of God, but you do experience some of these things. Sometimes it's even physical. And the, the fact is, usually when things are spiritual, spiritual depression tends to show itself up in physical depression. 
So you go to school and your teacher is mean to you, not nice to you, or things like that can lead to feeling down, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Psalm 42 is meant to encourage us. It is really meant to encourage you and to show you how to continue to thrive, not just survive. How to continue to thrive and flourish. You know, when you plant a tree by some water, fresh water, it flourishes. How to continue to flourish under God, in your walk with God, even in difficult times. Stressful times at home, stressful times at work, stressful times that you can't explain Stressful times in general, like COVID time, that comes on all people. How do you continue to thrive even in such times? The first question we need to ask is, what is the experience of the psalmist? The psalmists are worship people, the sons of Korah. They are worship people, okay? They descended from somebody in the Old Testament called Levi. And they are sharing their experience. At this point, the psalm is being sung outside of Jerusalem. It's being sung in exile. They are away from the presence of God. And so they're going to share their experiences with us. And we realize that actually, what you are experiencing is not new to you. So what are the experiences? The first one is this. There are external circumstances and people, people cause stress. There are external circumstances and people who are stressing them out. People who have taken them outside of the presence of God. And you know what the people are saying to them? Look at verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night. While they say to me all the day long, where is your God? You people claim to be Christians. Where is your God? Verse 10. As with a, a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. The people, when they are taunting you, people are behind your head. And they they. They are saying, where is your God? And they keep repeating and making references. You claim to be a Christian. You claim to be goody-goody, even though you haven't said you are goody-goody. And you know goody-goody. When somebody is good. Yeah, that's goody-goody. <laughs> the way he was staring at me, I needed to explain. And they keep saying all these things, and you claim to be a Christian. Look at what you're experiencing. Where is your God? So that is the, the first experience. It's external. But there is also the internal. What, what, what? The psalmist here is feeling so lonely. Lonely. As if God is not present. Have you ever felt that? I have felt that. And it's not pleasant. As if your prayer hits the ceiling and gets back to you. And you don't even know the words to express. And especially if you have been praying about the same thing over and over and over the years. And nothing seemed to change. Where is your God? And the psalmist here, verse 9, he says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? It doesn't actually mean God has forgotten 
him, them. But that's how it feels like. So he's expressing this deep feeling. Again, he's feeling so downcast. That's his experience. I, I feel so down. I, I, as if I've been taken and struck down. Verse 5. Why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. Verse 6. My soul is cast down within me. Verse 11. Why are you cast down? Oh, my soul. And then there is this other feeling of deep, deep sadness where you want to, you just want to hide yourself away from everybody and just weep. Just cry. Just cry. Verse 3, my tears have been my food day and night. Day and night. While they say to me, all the day long, where is your God? So that's his experience. External, internal, not good at all. How can anybody who claims to be a follower of Jesus, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in him, you claim to be born again, saved by him? In every sense. How do you grow trusting in God in stressful times? As I said, how do you not just survive? Well, I'm hanging in there. How do you not just hang in there? I can't complain. Don't complain. How do you bring your complaint to God? That's part of thriving. I'll say that in, in, in a minute. So let me share a few things from the Psalms for us. The first thing is, the psalmist points us to is, take your gathering of believers seriously. Take going to church seriously. <laughs> take being in teens church seriously. He's going to tell us why. I'm not going to call you to answer any questions, so don't, don't stress. But take that seriously. Why is that important? He says in verse 4, these things I remember. I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with a throng and lead them in procession. Where? To the house of God, to the presence of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festivals. How I remember how we, we came together. And what is happening with glad shouts and songs of praise. What is happening is when we gathered like that, they could hear each other sing. And they could hear each other not, not sing about God. That is what um, the, the psalmist singing is usually about. They sing about God to one another. There is, when we gather, even the things that you know already, you want to be reminded of. And the Holy Spirit does that reminder in various ways. One of them is as we listen to God's word. The other is as we sing good songs that reflect Jesus. We are reminded. And he says that I remember this and I long for it. I really do. Joy is experienced. Real joy is experienced when we gather and move towards God. 
That is the very reason our enemy will do everything he can to prevent you from gathering with other believers. That is the very reason there will be always a thousand reasons why I cannot join the believers. He knows it, that you will draw strength from it if it is centered on Jesus. If every aspect of their gathering is, in a sense, a lifting up of our voices to declare who he is, the goodness of God, what he has done, and we sing about it, we make melody, something that even the children among us can remember. He will prevent you. Since I remember this, verbally expressing our faith in God and what he has done, doing it to one another. So he says that as much as you can, make the gathering of believers a priority in your life. The very reason, the very means of God rescuing us is the very place that the enemy would discourage us. When you look into your checklist, what can I check out in order to, I promise you, you knock off the one that nobody would really fire you? church. Who would say that? Check the register. You didn't come last week and therefore go and do five press-ups. Nobody does that. But here's the other thing. This is what the other thing that he does. He says direct your lament, your complaint, complaint to God. Oftentimes, I don't know why we have been conditioned to think that if you express exactly how you feel to God, somehow you are sinning. No. Direct your complaint to God. He says to God, why have you forgotten me? Well, he hasn't forgotten him, but that is how I feel. Why have you forgotten me? Why does it feel like you are far off and I am here? Why does it appear that when I pray, you cannot hear? You know why we need to direct our complaint to God? Because Directing your lament, your complaint to God, your cry to God, is actually an expression of faith. If you do not believe that he will hear you, that he loves you, that he cares enough, that he is open to hear you say exactly how you are feeling to him, you wouldn't even dare come. Sometimes, even with our human pastors and so on, we tend to go to them and express ourselves. Why? Because you believe that he will listen. You believe that somebody will listen. How much more God? Express it to him. Direct your lament to him. What an amazing thing that we can express exactly how we feel to God. You can do that even this morning. I feel tired, Lord. I feel stressed out. How long, oh God, will this continue? But here is the third thing, and I will dwell a little bit on this, and then I'll finish off. The third thing that the psalmist teaches us, he teaches us this. He says, don't listen to yourself. Don't listen to yourself because naturally this is what we do. When we are faced with difficulties, right? We are said the difficulties and we say that we are being realistic. We tend to, we tend to speak to ourselves from within. Why everything is so bad? Why I'm going to die? Why, if I sleep tonight, I don't think I'll wake up. 
why my relationships are so terrible. It's because I'm terrible. I was speaking with a friend in the course of the weekend, and I had said something complimentary. And this friend of mine vehemently rejected it. I said, why are you doing that? He said, because I don't believe what you're saying. Yeah? What is your reason? Well, because I know from within myself that this is the situation. This is how I feel. This is how I look. We listen to ourselves. We listen to ourselves. Uh, listen to what... Um, so if you, do, you shouldn't listen to yourself, what should you do? He says, talk to yourself. Now, you might think that don't listen to yourself. How do you not listen? You have to talk to yourself. You understand the difference in a minute. Don't listen to yourself. Talk to yourself. Uh, one um, Welsh preacher in the UK who passed on somewhere in the 80s, great preacher, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, he puts it this way, preaching from this psalm. He says this, the main trouble, I hope everybody is paying attention because I, I, I may call you at any time to answer something, especially when they are teens. The main trouble in this whole matter of spiritual depression is a sense, in a sense is this, that we allow ourselves to talk to us instead of talking to ourselves. Am I just trying to be deliberately paradoxical? Far from it. This is the very essence of wisdom in this matter. Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? Take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they start talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday, etc., Somebody is talking to you. Who is talking to you? Yourself is talking to you. Now, this man's treatment in Psalm 42 was this. Instead of allowing this self to talk to him, he starts talking to himself. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, he asks. His soul had been repressing him, crushing him. So he stands up and says, self, listen for a moment. I will speak to you. Do you know what I mean? If you do not, you have but little experience. Now, I'll explain what he's trying to say in a minute. What he's saying is this. Instead of always waking up in the morning and recollecting yesterday's issues and the, 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 the difficulties, the difficulties will still be there. And, and thinking about all the possibilities and all the problems and even dreaming about the future and all that you're telling yourself. Tell, talk to yourself in a different way. It's more like one talks from the inside out. Now talk from the outside in. Talk aloud. Sit yourself down. Sometimes sit yourself down and say to yourself, self, Gloria, sit down and listen. Let me read for you verse 5 when he's talking to himself. Psalm 42 and verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Verse 11, he says, 
Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And actually, Psalm 43 and Psalm 42 are together. So he repeats in um, Psalm 43, verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. You know, the thing about talking to yourself is that usually you tell yourself in times of stress that there is something that you definitely need, otherwise you won't survive. I definitely need this. It may be relationship, it may be financial, it may be whatever. But you constantly look to that thing and say that until I have this, I think that my world is going to crash. And so we constantly talking to ourselves that way in stressful times. Now, there is nothing wrong in praying to God for things and for restored relationships and so on and so forth. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I will encourage you to do that more. But when we are stressed, usually our deepest longing is pointing to something that will give us our deepest satisfaction. All the other things that will surface that you are saying to yourself, you must have, otherwise you won't survive. They are the surface issue. Deep within, it's a longing for something deeper than any material thing could give you in this world or any human being could give you in this world. In all our situations, believe it or not, what your heart and what my heart is longing for, particularly in stressful times, is God himself. It's like a child who is crying out for the mother. You may give the child a toy. The child may hold it, shake it. It makes sound for a particular minute and then draws the attention. But after that, shakes it again, draws the attention. It may even drop it and start crying out again. I'm longing for something deeper. It's my mom. And if God helps us, it's our dad. Look at verse 1 and 2. It's, it's such a beautiful picture. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you. Oh God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? That is interesting, isn't it? Because if you read the rest of the psalm, he's going to talk about how the enemy, people are taunting him. Where is your God? Where is your God? So the best thing to pray for here, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, is to pray for deliverance. Deliver me from the enemies. Yeah, that is good. But he establishes right from the very beginning. You know what I'm longing for? You know why I feel this way? You know why you feel this way? You're longing for the overflowing presence of your Father in heaven. God. And then he says in verse 9 again, I say to God, my rock. There is this possessive, my rock. Why have you forgotten me? Verse 5, my soul, listen. Samuel Kwekubwate, listen, 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 listen. You love to worry. Listen, hope in God. Verse 5, hope in God. Verse 11, God 
is truly a hope. And I challenge you on this. Let's all journey together on this. When there are stressful times, we'll pray about the immediate issues that we're facing. But here's my encouragement. Do not take your eyes off the actual longing of your heart for God himself. If God blesses you with everything, every form of deliverance, everything, and God doesn't, in that sense, pour out himself upon you, you will still not be satisfied. You will still be thirsty. You know how you can thrive in a stressful relationship? Do everything that you can by the grace of God to make it work better. But my brothers and sisters, keep your focus on God. Keep your focus on praying him. I need your presence today. In any case, it is his presence that will actually teach you what to do, isn't it? His presence. Now you see the way the psalmist ends. This Psalm 42. Just look at the way he ends in verse 11. There is never a picture. It's not like a movie where it climaxes and then it finishes. And they lived happily ever after. Verse 11 is very interesting. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Finished. What is going on here? What he's making clear is that he's not assuring us in this life that, oh, because you hope in God, all the problems are going to rise like vapor and then they'll vanish. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that, come what may. You know what we need? A hope in God. We need God. We need God. We need God. We need him as the deer pans for flowing streams. We need him. So sit yourself down a little bit and stop listening to yourself and talk to yourself. Talk to yourself from the word of God. Talk to yourself from the promises of God. And don't allow yourself any room to go anywhere. So this morning, until you listen to me, you're not going out. You can do that through your devotional time. Listen, and it doesn't have to be your devotional time in the morning. Anytime, anywhere. Grab yourself and grab a seat. And you are standing there and say, sit down. And then you yourself turn and sit on the seat. And repeat the word of God to yourself. The psalmists know that we'll be going through the changing seasons of life. The only way to thrive and flourish, the only way, the only way, the only way, life is stressful. And the most stressful part of life, I suggest, is relationships. Stressful. More stressful than financial stresses. A restored relationship is not the primary thing. A thriving, looking to God, relationship with God will have implications for every other relationship, even if those relationships are not restored the way you expected. So talk to yourself. This morning I was saying that. Talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. 
perhaps nobody needs to talk to themselves more than a pastor of a church, isn't it? You talk to yourself. You talk to yourself every day. And let me give you an example. So this is how I'm talking to myself. Listen, self, Samboati. Listen, if God is for you, who can be against you? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for you, how will he not also with him graciously give you all things? Who shall bring any charge against you as God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for you. Who shall separate you from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword. No, in all these things, you are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. So be sure of this, Sam, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So how are you going to engage your emotions? How are you going to engage your emotions not only this week? How are you going to engage the external pressures and the people's stresses that are seeking to crush you from within? I want to encourage you, get in touch with yourself within. Get in touch with what is going on. Now be true to what is going on. This is not therapeutic, you know, if, if therapy is good, if it helps. This is more than that. This is not positive thinking. This is not speak good words to yourself. Don't speak good words to yourself that are not true. This is none of that. This is declaring the eternal truth of God. This is declaring God, what he has done and what he is to you in Christ. Repeat it to yourself. And let's navigate through life, whatever life may bring. So finally, what am I actually saying? It comes back to this. You say, I'm always talking about the gospel. What else do you want me to talk about? Repeat to yourself as Romans is doing, which I appropriated. God, who loved you even when you were dead in your trespasses, and then gave out himself in Christ Jesus to you. Can you imagine that you may live? And then he came and indwelt you, his presence, by giving you the Holy Spirit of God. God, the Holy Spirit, who abides with you as God's child. That is a family resemblance. The Holy Spirit in you, the Holy Spirit in me. He did that. And then... Are you saying that after he has done this for the rest of life and navigating life and the smaller ones of today and tomorrow, God would withhold from you? Is that what you're saying? 
He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up out for you, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give you all things and sustain you, even if all the relationships come tumbling down? God's presence will abide. And God's presence will teach you. And so speak the gospel to yourself. Speak it. Speak it every day. Speak it every day. I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Speak the gospel to yourself. It will change you from inside out. Let me pray. Take a moment and talk to God. However you want to talk to him. <laughs>